Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Our guest today is Michelle Zeglin. Michelle is the owner of Simply Communication. She is a speech language pathologist and a certified orofacial myologist, and her company is located in Roselle, Illinois. This is episode 14, and we are recording on July 9th, 2023. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So um, again, my name is Michelle Zeglin, and I happen to be a mom of three kids. My oldest just turned 10 yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, And then I have an eight and a half year old and a five and a half year old. Oh, fantastic. So what did you do for the big birthday? Because that's quite the milestone. It, yeah, it was a big birthday. Um, we, she had very specific birthday party plans for friends. And so we have let the family just see her as she like, as it's convenient. And we're, we're doing a big late over party in a couple of weeks where we're going to set it up like a camp and lots of lots of different activities hired a couple neighborhood kids to be camp counselors and we're gonna just like do a scavenger hunt and crafts and s'mores and cook over the fire and just oh my god like, I love spend that, quality that is such together. a great idea so, are you gonna make I'm bug excited. juice <laughs> I, I maybe I remember I going to camp and yet. having bug juice that's funny that's speaking of idea. camp my son's at away at camp this week and he went last year for the first time. And so this year you should have seen his strut when he was like back and he was like, yeah, I know all this stuff. This is how this is all going to go. Um, is she right. a big fan of going away to camp or is it like local camp? She has, Yeah, she's really had very, very little camp experience. Um, she just wanted a lot of quality time with friends. Um, and so her requirements that were that a birthday party had to be like at least three hours and she wanted to do activities, but also be able to talk to people and uh, like, um, okay. And so it just, I don't know, I kept listening, kept listening and trying to figure out that fun way to make it work. So we've got a couple little stations activities when it gets dark out, they can play like ghosts in the graveyard and you know, have fun. Um, and got my, my neighbor kids, a, a couple of, uh, I think it's a 13, a 14 and a 16 year old that are hired as camp counselors. So they can just like make it entertaining, um, and fun. And we can go into groups in the neighborhood and everybody's safe at the same time. So excited. Well, that's a very it. creative solution to what sounds like a very interesting list of demands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be? Um, ever-changing. Uh, oh. <laughs> I found that every one of my kids requires something different. And uh, I'm constantly trying to do right by them, but also not lose myself in the, in the scheme of things. And um, I, I feel really fortunate. I often share with my patients that I think my kids were given to me to make me better at my job because I, anytime a family comes in and is having some kind of question, I'm like, oh, been there. Yep. Here's what I found doesn't work. Here's what I found is working ish. <laughs> um, but I, it's, I mean, I don't know. I think ultimately it's ever changing. I had to let go of the things I thought I could control. I can't control anything with three and I'm okay with that finally. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that that was quite the place to get to without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? Oh, 
I, I, I'll be, I'm like not a millennial. I'm, I guess maybe Gen X, I claim like maybe I'm technically Gen Y, but I'm, I don't know. My, I've got two younger brothers and I know that we're very different. Um, one is just two years younger and one seven years younger. And I can see that severe divide, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like generation works. I don't feel like I have a good answer to that one because I scatter the generations. Right. It's so funny you mentioned Gen Y because my husband and I were just saying the other day, whatever happened to that? I forgot about that term because somebody brought it up and then it was like, oh, that became the millennials, right? And then we were very confused. Sort of. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not a millennial. I feel pretty confident on that one. Um, I definitely am hitting the stage where technology is scary. <laughs> I'm like, um, so not so welcome to the to the lives of yes. Gen X's. We're yes. all terrified. <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe how you were parented then? I'm. I I don't. I'm not good at remembering things like this. I just feel like we were given opportunities. We were encouraged to do a lot, so I was always very active. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I hear my mom coming out of me, but I was just going to really ask my next question is, well, do you yeah, say things that your parents said? Okay. I, I really couldn't comment on, I don't know how I was parented. I'm not really sure. I, you know, my parents both worked, my dad traveled for work. So my mom was often alone a lot. Um, I am the oldest and I've always been, a little mama myself. Um, and, you know, always believed anything said to me. So I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. That's a tricky question. <laughs> it is a tricky question. That's for sure. And some people choose not to answer it too. Cause they're like, yeah, I don't even want to go there. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand how you help new families? Yeah. Um, so my business is all about, um, the, it's like, I say a myofunctional, myo being muscle function approach to speech language and feeding. And so when it boils down to new families, you know, usually we're talking about feeding and it's really looking at how the baby's mouth is working um, and making sure that the, the function is there. And if the function's not there, looking at why it's not there. I think we got a really amazing opportunity to collaborate with so many other professionals because there's a lot of people that are doing some very similar things, such as lactation. Um, and lactation gets to work kind of with the dyad, and I get to look at just the baby and then figure out how it all meshes together um, in order to, to make those feeding dreams come true um, and be okay with... Um, removing some of the societal pressures that are placed on, especially the moms with all of like the ideal outcomes that are needed to like be the perfect parent. <laughs> yeah. They're under a lot of pressure. That's for sure. Yes, that's in most part why I decided to start this podcast was just to show how everybody does something a little bit different and there's really no yeah. one right way. It's just the right way for your own child and just to help them take some of the pressure and the rigidity off of what they think, you know, yes. their parenting needs to look like. What is your Incredible. favorite thing about the work you do? I like seeing a family smile because they reach their goals. Um, and, and just like, and again, being okay with it. I think, um, 
you know, I'm a uh, postpartum depression mom myself. Um, a lot of, lot of history of feeding issues with um, one of my kids. And uh, so whenever I see a family be able to tell me I'm ready for discharge, I'm like, yes, You're like, I love get out of here. Awesome. Yeah. Like <laughs> I really don't want to let you go, but you can send me brag stories whenever, but that's, that's hands down my favorite part. Whenever somebody is just like, I'm good. I got this. I know where to go and I'll contact you if I have questions. Like, yes. Bye. It's definitely a good feeling. What is the biggest challenge with the work you do? I, I think I, the biggest challenge I'm often is kind of the outside sources. Again, I, I think that a lot of times parents have these really ridiculously hard to achieve goals um, and ideas placed on them that t- often tend to be lightly supported by pediatricians that make it, you know, make it so there's just so much judgment happening right off the bat. And, um, and then when there's some kind of issue going on, um, not being able to to get an answer that that feels conclusive of the the issue rather than just like oh this is normal but it doesn't feel normal um you know so i feel like that overall like all of the the pressure <laughs> like and the feeling of being crazy is often the word used the feeling mm-hmm. of crazy just like i feel like this is a problem but i'm told it's normal my friend had the same issue but like that mama radar is just going off, um, trying to find the support system needed in order to get resolution, like hands down the biggest challenge. Yeah. I find that it's really hard to make sure that all the providers that a client or, you know, a baby or the dyad come into contact with are actually like trusting their own gut though, and their instinct, because it's Mm -hmm. such a new skill. And some people like right out of the gate, they they have such a strong instinct, but then they constantly question themselves. But as soon as other people are questioning themselves too, then they kind of like tamp that down. And then it's like, well, I guess I'll go along with it, but I kind of know better, you know? And then you find that with the second and third kid, they're not like that. Did you work with a lactation consultant postpartum uh, since you had so many feeding struggles or were you still not even aware that that existed at that point? No, I worked, I did work with lactation um, for all three. I'll be honest, that third kid, I don't quite remember at this moment, but I definitely worked with a couple different lactation consultants very different experiences with them all. <laughs> yeah. It's like any other profession. You yeah. just get quite an array of people and philosophies. And unfortunately in healthcare, too much of our philosophy comes into the way that we deal with patients or clients and then right. they kind of suffer the consequences for that. Did you always want to be a parent? Yeah, that's always, I mean, I, uh, I'm, I knew early on, I wanted to be a parent and in my dating years, there was a moment when I was like, you know what, why am I looking for a person to be with? I can do this. And so instead I started, I started my adoption fund and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be a parent no matter what. That's always been a goal of mine. Didn't, um, didn't adopt, um, was able to really fortunately have my own family. Um, but adoption would have been amazing. Um, it just wasn't a thing that I had to look towards. So 
Yeah. I feel like I was the same way. I definitely always knew I wanted to be a parent, but whether or not I wanted to be married or I was the marrying type was another question. Yeah. But for sure, the parenting piece was there. The parent was a must. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At what age of your child do you think that you really start parenting? That's a great question. You know, I I remember when my kids were like two and three and I was like, yeah, I got this. Like, look at me handle these behaviors. Like, oh, they're so good with their diet. And I felt really confident. I had read a lot early on and taking courses. And, you know, that was the primary uh, population I was working with at that time too. And then four hit and four-year-olds were the first age that I was like, I don't like my own four-year-olds. And it turns out every child at four has been the one where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like the the things I started with worked, they're not working anymore. So, and I mean, it's parenting all along, but four is when I started to see the challenge of it. And it has been a steady challenge. Like again, ever changing parenting styles ever since then. Huh. Yeah. See, it's funny. Cause I actually think three is the hardest, all the emotions, <laughs> they can tell you everything going on. So I guess that that's kind of like the tip of the iceberg for the emotional piece of parenting that, yeah. you know, cause you can put out the fires, but with the yep. four-year-olds, they remember, and then yes. it, it all starts being like put together and we'll remember that time. And all of a sudden we're talking about this thing again. And you're like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Yes. Like, I don't even remember that, but <laughs> apparently it happened. Okay. How am it I was very traumatic this? for you. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> I will apologize again for this. Yeah. How do you parent your children differently? You know, I, um, like each I've, I've come to realize that my daughter, my oldest, is very, very similar to my personality. Um, my middle kid is very similar to my husband's personality. And my youngest is like the opposite of both of them. And every strategy we ever use for them doesn't work for him at all. Um, and you know, again, I mentioned that I happen to be um, one of three siblings myself. And as I was growing up, I always felt like my parents preferred one child and like, who's was a favorite and, you know, I still joke around about it now, but I, I really reflecting back on that, like those feelings, I realized that it was that not that he was a favorite, but like he was the one that tended to have different needs, um, you know, and my parents had to just give him more of their time and the needs I had didn't require the same amount of time. Um, but you always see what is, um, you know, on the other side of the grass or the, the fence, I mean, you know, and so for my kids, I feel like the thing that I try to parent them based off of what they need, but I've been trying to make sure that they know that I might be doing something for somebody else and it doesn't feel the same. And it's partly because they don't need the same and that's okay. Hmm. That's a great way to explain it. I don't know if that helps with the hurt feelings, but it's a great way yeah. to explain it, at least like rationalizing it. You know, it's, I, you know, the, my, my middle kids, my, my really, I'm going to say the most emotional of, of them all thus far. And 
he he starts off with the emotions, but then when we're able to to talk about it, he is seeing the light um, most of the time. I think um, we'll see. You know, when he's thirty, if he still likes me or not. But um, you know, I, it does it does seem to help when you can find the right words, at least for him. But again, they're all so different. And that's the thing. I, I I can't treat them all the same. They're all too different. And if I treated them the same, I feel like it would hold them back. It would hold somebody back because they all just, they need different things to grow. That sounds very fair. What is your most embarrassing parenting moment? I don't feel like I, I do a good job of forgetting things like that. I mean, I... <laughs> forgetting blocking it out whatever blocking it out <laughs> yeah i i mean i don't i don't have a good answer for that one okay well then you're obviously perfect so that's great oh gosh no <laughs> i think that it's i i've had too many embarrassing things oh you just can't even parse them out anymore <laughs> yeah like i mean well, like give me a topic and i'll tell you a story but like general that's too big there's there's been too many too many things I uh again I, I kind of joke that my third and when I became a mom of three that um having the third kid broke me I thought <laughs> that I could control things and the third one I was like I can't control things anymore and I still hold a lot of pressure for myself but I don't choose to remember some of these things because those are often not the moments that actually matter. Um, and so that's a good way to look um, at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's taken some time to get there, um, but yeah, today I can't think of what the most challenging thing is. <laughs> Until you get in the car later too, and then you're yeah, like, oh, I'm wait like, a minute. <laughs> I'm like, there's just too many things. Most challenging feels like, <laughs> like, I can't think of just one. Okay. If you had friendships when your children were babies, how important were those to you? And do you still keep in touch? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had friendships when my, my kids were babies. Um, but I feel like, um, so my, my first daughter, um, she was, um, a product of IVF. We had a lot of fertility issues. And so it was over three years of us trying to get pregnant and um, a lot of my friends had had kids and were on their second one. And I, again, mentioned, you know, I was a postpartum depression mom in multiple ways, multiple times. Um, I, uh, I, I had so much jealousy for some of these families that had started their families when all I ever wanted was to be a mom. And uh, so definitely lost sight of a lot of friends. Um and I think it was also partly that I, I had to find the energy to put into me rather than finding the continuous energy to put into all of these other areas, um, mm -hmm. ultimately. And so I, I have definitely maintained friendships, but they just require a lot less energy and tend to be the, the friendships that last a lot longer because parenting requires a lot of energy as does a business um and growing a business and um you know try, trying to 
to do it all. I'm, I'm still a yes person. So uh, over the years, I've done way too many other things that require a lot of energy and, and the friendships shift. Um, trying to find somebody that gets the situation that I'm in now. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you do keep on meeting people too. And then it's whether or not you can keep, yeah. you know, making space for them also. Right. As your kids and, get older. Yep. I keep hoping to find like that family that is just like mine, that's got three kids, the same ages. And like both the parents all get along and like, we could just be like the greatest friends. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to find that family, but it would be so cool because it'd just be so easy. Um, and that's often one of the things that again, shifts, you know, when little kids right now, well, they're not so little anymore, but when they were little, you know, I've always really valued sleep and um, want my kids to go to bed and, and be rested. And uh, that isn't always everybody else's goals. And so some of the times those parenting goals shift um, some of the friendships too, because you just want to have your kids, you want, you just want things to be easy. You're just looking for some easy sometimes, you know? Oh, for um, sure. And for so, sure. yeah, sometimes you just look, for the easy friendships too, where it's like, this is not work. And that's well, there has to be either like similarity in the way you parent, or at least enough um, comfort within the friendship that you're just going to do you and they're going to do them. And that's going to be okay. And the kids are just going to have these different things. But it is very hard to not only just meet new parents, but also like transition the relationships you have into parenting, because sometimes they just really aren't compatible anymore. And right. that's a really yep. hard conversation to have with yourself and then to figure out how to step back from if, right. you know, it's not serving your family too. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's the truth. And again, it all boils down to these like societal pressures. Like, I don't want to be like that person who, you know, now that I've been married for 13 years, I don't know anybody from my wedding party anymore like I don't want to be that person even though that's such a common thing that does happen because life changes um and it's a lovely thing that life changes there's a lot of good that can happen but again it's about letting go of some of that pressure to maintain things that are just a lot of you know work and work isn't always bad but um sometimes you gotta you gotta figure out where to put the energy Well, yeah. And it's like, if you have a relationship with like a family member like that, it's pretty easy to recognize that. But I think it's a little bit harder with friendships to really do that. Um, What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? Oh, (laughs) the biggest trend. That I, you know, I, uh, I immediately jump into like my area of, um, uh, where I work and I just am like everybody is so hooked on these uh, allergy packs like oh these little powders I'm going to be putting on my kids food to see if they have any allergies that seems to be one of the biggest new trends right now huh, that I, am, I haven't um, even heard of that before so like it's basically yeah. like ground up peanut and then you put it on the food to see if they're going to have a reaction yeah so that you can expose them to different things like different allergens early I can't say I've looked into it very much but it's been the the thing that every like 
it must be hitting social media really it big must right be, now, exactly. doing some great marketing uh, because it is just because you're like, buying fake food in order to test your child for yes. food you could just give your child. Right. right. It, and I, unless they're too I mean, young to be eating food and then we shouldn't be doing that anyway. Right. And then I am I always just come back with that reminder and don't forget allergies come and go and we don't know enough about that. And so just because you don't see a reaction today doesn't mean that there'll never be that allergen as a concern. Um and I'm like I mean, maybe my bigger answer is the biggest trend in parenting is marketing is the worst thing ever. Um, I mean, it's just done so well for so many products out there. And there's so many things people are buying that they just don't need. Yeah. You know, I just like sitting here kind of stewing and actually getting angry about this because I'm like, wow, that is like awful that like you're marketing this is like, well, let's figure out if your child's allergic as if that's going to be the norm and then making right. people pressured into spending however much money on this. I just think right. it's, it's kind of bad. It's, it's just another thing that parents are thought or like made to believe that they need. And it's like, probably not helpful um, or possibly maybe it is again haven't looked into that one specifically but there's so many things you just don't need as a parent that marketing is the biggest the biggest struggle for parents these days well along those lines for our final question what is your biggest parenting advice to share with new parents oh you know um i think i think one of the biggest things to keep in mind is that it's okay to build your team and to make sure that, you know, having a team can be parents that have been there. It can be professionals that are helping with a a current concern or whatever. Um, But ultimately it's about it being like a collaborative team and not just a bunch of people with different titles, you know, you want to make sure that you understand what's going on to the best of your ability, but you want to be the one that's asking, advocate for your child. And if you're, if you're not getting an answer, then keep asking and don't be afraid to get a second opinion or to talk to a different friend or, you know, to, to keep going. And if um you learn something later on and you're like, I can't believe I didn't know this sooner. Like, remember that it's because you just kept asking and you you get the answers eventually. And so build your team, but just keep asking questions. And uh, again, that team can be anybody, um, but just keep asking because you'll, you'll have struggles and it's, it's okay. Um, but just keep asking and you'll get to solutions. That's really great advice. Well, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us for episode 14 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you so much to our guest, Michelle Zeglin, sorry, uh, owner of Simply Communication located in Rizal. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you.